good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to Whose World Is This with Junior Renee Bobrun. If you're a first-time listener, I'd like to welcome you to this ongoing conversation. And if you are a returning listener, thank you so much for tuning in. We are now in our 97th episode, which is awesome. We are now in the month of July. Interesting enough, we've been doing this for about a year and some change now. Thank you guys who've, who've found this show, whether you've discovered it on your own or maybe someone you know has uh, you know introduced you to this platform and this ongoing conversation. Thank you guys. We, we are a year into this from February of last year to of 2021 to July of 2022. I'm excited because uh, obviously if you do something 90 something times, it means you must enjoy it. You like it or something, you know, because no one's forcing me or compelling me to do this. Uh, technically, I'm not getting paid to do this. And so I really I do enjoy this. I enjoy this a great deal. I enjoy the opportunity to have these ongoing conversations. I say it's a conversation. It may come off as if it's a monologue because I don't interview a lot of many guests which i which i want to do soon um but the reason why i call it the conversation is because a lot of what i'm speaking about i'm pulling it from not only just the thoughts that rattle around my head i'm pulling it from conversations i've had with people in my life i'm pulling it from emails i'm pulling it from a lot of things i'm i'm having these conversations it may come off as if it's just me and it is just me I'm the only voice you'll hear for the next 30 or so minutes. It's going to go in a bunch of different directions, but the monologue is not mono. Just because it's me speaking does not mean that I am not introducing various points of view and actually arguing for those various points of view. So many of you won't know where I stand on a particular issue because I'll bring other things in. And so that's why this isn't a monologue because a friend of mine, I was speaking to a friend of mine about um, certain things and he was like, yeah, I love your monologue. And I said, mm, I, I don't know why something. So I got to love your internal alarm systems, you know, because something about that term. I said, hmm, I call it a conversation. And he was like, yeah, but June, no one's really listening. You I mean, no one's like, you know. I said, not no one's really listening. That's a Freudian slip. People are listening. But he said, no one is actually pushing back on what you're saying. I said, I'm pushing back on what I'm saying. Because some of the things, some of the points that I'm actually advocating for are not points of view that I actually agree with. I'm speaking on various perspectives. And then I'm interjecting mine in between. I'm thinking about all the voices of the people in my life who ha may have an opinion or on that particular subject that varies from mine, that differs from mine. And I'm introducing that into the conversation while I'm speaking because I feel that it's pertinent or relevant. So I add it to the soup because I feel it's a necessary ingredient. And they go, huh, interesting. I said, so monologue even sort of in a way indicates or says that I'm, I'm speaking from this perspective and it's dogmatic. It's not. It's not. Um, speaking of doing this for free, thank you guys for contributing to the show via Cash App. I appreciate that. Our Cash App is dollar sign 
J-U-N-B-E-A-U. That's June Bow. J-U-N-B-E-A-U. That is our cash app. Dollar sign June Bow. Our Venmo is just June Bow. J-U-N-B-E-A-U. <clears throat> our Zelle, which many people are, are more comfortable with bank to bank. Uh, our Zelle is uh, my first name and last name at gmail.com. That is Bobrun at gmail.com. That is spelled J-U-N-Y-A-B-E-A-U-B-R-U-N. If you don't know how to spell it, you can look at the title of the show. And my first and last name, Junior Bobrun, is right there. Bobrun at gmail.com is our Zelle. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for going to ChavezHouse.com. ChavezHouse.com will be, res- will be uh, uh, debuting what they call their password logbooks. For many of us that have banking passwords, uh, uh, finance passwords, uh, several different email passwords and passwords for our Instagram, passwords for our social media, a little difficult to, 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 to keep track of them. <clears throat> so Chavez.com, ChavezHouse.com, and that's Chavez with an S, C-H-A-V-E-S, House.com, is going to be debuting a, uh, a, a password book. Very nice. Very good. Um, I saw some of the uh, the original, the uh, sort of the uh, behind the scenes, the, the soon to be released versions. I like them. Me, I have several bank accounts several different passwords because now if if you try to just use one password these these accounts will say you have used this same password too many times now i gotta put an exclamation mark next to something or a period and i'm going uh so i can't count how many times i've been locked out of my own apps because of some variation and i don't know if this one has the exclamation and this one has the question mark and this one is using more numbers than that one i it's tough. So that password logbook, I'm purchasing it. If you can't find it on ChavezHouse.com, I would definitely suggest that you go on Amazon and put in Chavez House Publishing. Remember, that's Chavez with an S, House Publishing, and look for the password logbook. It's going to be dope. Um, I'm, I'll let you guys know. I'm, I'm thinking it could debut within the next week or so from this announcement or could be already out. I'm not sure, but I'll let you guys know. Um, What are we going to talk about today? We've been talking a lot about guns, man. Um, and it was not my intention. And I'm hoping that I wasn't, that I haven't been a Donnie Downer and just bringing my, you know, Charlie Brown Linus cloud over everyone's day speaking about these things. But these things are going on and they're being um, pressed and put in front of our face and I feel that the conversation, I've said it before, it needs to be broadened. So that's why I think that I've been speaking about it as frequently as I have. If you want to, if I may be so candid, I feel personally that the United States of America is, is in a state of emergency. But, and it's not because of the mass shootings. It's been in a state of emergency for a long time. We've spoken about the, the statistics psychologically, the drug abuse, the amount of people that are on psychotropic drugs, the amount of people that feel that they need to partake in uh, contraband and narcotics. Um, there's an escapism. People are suffering here. 
people are suffering here. I want that to be addressed before we start talking about whose gun is what. I want that to be addressed first and foremost is the suffering. So that's my main uh, 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 objective with all of these. Because I looked at it the other day and I said, oh, my God, June, how many? I, I looked, I did uh, uh, banning guns. Oh, no, Buffalo to Texas is one. Uh, banning guns, two. Gun control, two. Tablet control, three. And then I have several others. Teen shooters, American guns, technology, blah, blah, blah. It's time for a... So, and then I had about four or five. And then I went into technology, internet, and how, 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 how certain technologies may be affecting our youth. So this is all interweaving. Like I've said before, if you pull a yarn of these shows, you will see how they all intertwine, if you pull the twine, right? And um, people are suffering. This country is suffering. It doesn't have an identity. I've spoken about how we have trends in this country and not traditions. So when you lack an identity, this is what it looks like. This is what a lack of identity looks like. It looks like January 6th. Respectfully, I have my issues and my non-issues with January 6th. That's a country trying to find out who and what it is. Who am I? Who are we? I don't know, but let's take to the streets and find out. That's your BLM on one side, Jan 6 on another. Both sides don't like each other. Both sides are trying to figure out what this country is. Ah, you don't see the parallels because if you've picked the side, it's very difficult for you to see what's going on on the other side. If you've already picked the side, but if you're just looking clinically and saying, wow, BLM is over there, Antifa is over there, they're screaming and hooting and hollering about something. But January 6th, Sixers are out there and they hooting and hollering about something too. They have grievances as well. Huh, what's going on? People are so upset and so angry that they're taking to the streets with Molotovs, taking to the streets with picket signs, taking to the streets with firearms. We have an identity crisis, people. People don't know what's going on with themselves. Marvin Gaye, what's going on? What's going on? So people are suffering from 8 to 80, from before 8 to, 80, to 88 years old. People are suffering. We spoke about the wait till 8th grade. We spoke about a lot of things over the last couple of episodes. I, I, if you're a first-time listener, if you want to find out what we're about, I'd love you to go back to episodes 1, 2, and 3. Just go back to the first episodes of this, episodes 1, 2, and 3. But if you want to just get a pulse of where we're going or where we are as far as current events at, at Whose World Is This with Junior Renee Beaubrun and how, we, how we're dealing with the internet, how we're dealing with the metaverse, how we're dealing with guns and, and things of that nature, check out the last 10 episodes. Check out the last 10. I think you'll get a pretty decent pulse. You know, I don't remember a lot of the things that I said. because They're in my head, but, but when I look at the titles, I go, yeah. Yeah, the last, you know, from... 86 to 96, sort of like hip-hop's golden era kind of thing. You know what I mean? Check, check, check it out. Or, or I, would, I would go back to, say, 84 
just like just like the golden era hip hop. We go eighty four to about ninety six. Check us out, and you'll see what's going on. You'll have an idea of where we are here. If you want to know, if you want to know if this is a, a particular platform that you want to continue listening to, and for the people that have been along on this ride and have been listening and have been emailing. Oh yeah, by the way, if you want to email the show or the inst- or, or follow us on Instagram, following us on Instagram is whose world is this 2021? Whose world is this 2021? Whose? That's W H O S E. Whose world is this? If you want to email us with any questions, concerns, suggestions, kudos, cross collaboration ideas, investment opportunities, sponsorship and advertising opportunities, Whose world is this two one at gmail.com. That is whose world is this two one at gmail.com. Okay. The title of this episode is going to be Boys Will Be Boys. Why are we calling it that? I think it's a play on words. I think there was a song back in the days called Boys Will Be Boys, Bad Boys, Bad Boys. You know, boys will be boys. It's a flippant term that was used that I've heard my whole life, you know, I'm rough and tumble. I would come home dirty from playing outside, wrestling in my backyard, or my jeans were scuffed because I was riding my bike and I fell or whatever. I was in the dirt. And what did you hear? You know, my mom would be like, look at your clothes. Sometimes my mom would be outside with a neighbor and she'd be like, look at your clothes. Look at your day. And then the neighbor would go, ah, boys will be boys. Remember that? Shrug the shoulders. Eh, boys, boys will be boys. That was the term. Nowadays, that's a layered term because we don't know who to call a boy. You have documentaries now called What is a Girl? I can't remember the name of the guy. Some some dude who has a documentary now called What is a Girl? Are you a cat? If you're not a cat, how do you know you're not a cat? If you're not a woman, why do you, a lot of that. So we don't, we're, we're redefining or attempting to redefine boyhood and manhood in the United States of America. And it seems as if the people that are looking to redefine what is boyhood and manhood aren't boys and they are not men might be a bit problematic. Okay? Have some very interesting statistics for you guys. You know, I sometimes I back up a couple of the things I'm saying with numbers just in case it gets... It gets it becomes one of those data driven dialogues. But I just wanted to point something out to you guys. Um, that. Right now. There have been the most mass shootings. That we've ever had in almost the history of the country, we are approaching that time within the last 20 years. Okay, but there's something very, very important to understand. The mass shooters in the 21st century, that means from the year 2000 to now 2022, the majority of them have come from homes where there was not a father in the household. The research has been done. The data's here. The majority of them did not have a daddy in the household. I'm going to say it again. You want a boy to turn into a man without a man around for him to model his behavior after? Good luck. All of this... I've, I've said it on several episodes before. I've had friends push back on me saying, Jew. I said, I know, but you guys are going off of the feel good feeling because maybe you were raised by a single mama or you are a single mama yourself or you're thinking girl power, girl power. Wrong narrative. Sorry, the data does not support 
the success of the, this new dynamic. The part of the feminist movement in the United States that is encouraging. See, things happen. Men leave, women pick the wrong partner, man pick the wrong woman, etc., etc. Things happen. But encouraging the conscious decision to enter into parenthood alone is what I'm discussing. Not, not, not the makeups and breakups that occur. I'm speaking about the person that's saying to themselves, you know what, I can do this by myself. I'm looking to have a child. End of story. I'm going to have a baby. No, 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 no. You're not going to have a baby. You're going to raise a human being that, that you, had to, you had to procreate with another person and you have to co-parent with another person and you're deciding not to do that. And then you are going to bring a person into our global village that may not be emotionally capable of dealing with all the goings-on that are going on because you've put them at a disadvantage early on. They're not going to be able to see their parent, you, as much because you're going to have to work almost twice as hard just to support this young child. And you're not going to be able to give that child all the things that even needs materially the voice lessons, the this, the, all the things that could occur if you had two parents working together, even if you were living in poverty, that two-parent situation, two parents working towards a common goal changes the game. I'm going to go back to that because I've spent a great deal of episodes speaking about the internet and tablet control and fast from your fast technology, not so fast when dealing with fast tech with your kids and this, that, and the third but we're going to have to speak about the family dynamic. Again, who's in your village? It takes a village to raise a child, and that village starts at home with a man, woman, and child. It starts with the nuclear family. All of these new, different, trend-setting, new arrangements of parenting, it's not getting us to a lot of great places. Disruptive Family situations are leading to disruptive adolescents that are causing disruptions in our society that will and these disruptions will leave scars on our society for generations. What's going on in Texas, what happened in Texas in Uvalde for generations, they're going to feel that what happened in Parkland in Sandy Hook in Columbine in Buffalo and in, 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 in a California, it's going to have repercussions that reverberate for generations. You have copycats now. Boys will be boys, but who are teaching these boys to be men? Who's in charge right now of the conversation over what's toxic masculinity, what's male patriarchy? Boys don't do this, boy don't do that. I'm telling you guys out there, men, if, you, if your child is just being raised someplace with the woman that you, 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 you laid down with and now it's her that is now <clears throat> handling the primary teaching responsibilities of the child. This is on you. I, I know the child support system and the court system is, 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 is levied unfairly against the male parent. A woman gets to decide she's going to another country, going to another state. I've seen it happen. So many of my friends 
hardworking college graduates, educated dudes. They had a baby out of wedlock with a woman, and she's deciding she's going to leave. Now, all of a sudden, the relationship, and she, he's saying, why don't you try to find that same job here? Why don't you leave the child with me? And you visit, let's not, no, taking the baby, that's it, my baby. No equality. All this talk about equality when a man goes into the courtroom and it has to do with custody, equality is out the window. All my guys out there that are divorced and have gone through custody disputes that are listening to this will understand. All that equality, oh, we need equality. Go to a courtroom as a man saying you want joint custody and that woman says, I'm leaving town. And see how quickly the system bends to her will. But say that you want to leave town with that child and see the opposition. That's all. Simple test. Simple test. Even if you're making more money, Mr. Man, even if you are a more effective financial provider, Mr. Man, see how the system opposes you uh, exerting a level of autonomy or control as a parent over that situation. See how quickly you'll realize who's boss and who has equality and who doesn't. Okay, I don't mean to veer off the subject too much, but this is very, very important for context. One out of four kids is going to be coming out of a single parent household. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you guys a little stat, just a little stat for stat's sake. Okay, you ready? Listen to this now. Okay. This is the census, by the way, census.gov, released in 2019, said out of 130 countries and territories, it shows that the United States has the world's highest rate of children living in single-parent households. Almost a quarter of U.S. children under the age of 18 live with one parent and no other adults. Okay. And no other adults. The village. The village of your children is extremely small in the United States. It's inadequate. It's a small village. It's a tiny village. Sometimes it's a village of the mother, the hardworking single mama, and the daycare. No man. You can go. I've gone to barbecues where I've seen generations of single mothers who gave birth to women who became single mothers and are now in their third generation of single mothers. And I was one of the few men there. And I seen boys walking around, running around, and there was no real male father figure around. And when I say father figure, I don't mean some person you see on the weekends. I mean every single day you get to model your behavior as a young boy when you're in your theta hypnosis mode from zero to seven years old, zero to eight, zero to nine, zero to ten. You're seeing this person time and time again. Up until your 18th birthday, this person is showing you how to go from a boy to a man, from a young girl to a grown woman. Because look at what's going on. We've spoken a lot about what's going on with these boys a little bit. But guess what? Girls are exposed to the same stimuli as these boys that are going out and committing these mass shootings. And the conversation is. Well, girls aren't going out and shooting up the place. It's toxic masculinity. It's something within the male, the male construct that's leading these boys to, to do these things. Let me explain something to everybody out there. We all know that boys 
well, at least in the human species, the, the, the male is the more violent, the more physically violent of the species. And when it comes to mental health and things of that nature, women express their depression. They express it. They cry. They, they, they talk to their friends. They, 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 they let it all out. They have a way of divulging their secrets. They find confidants. They have diaries and journals. They write it down. There's, there's, there are therapeutic tools that women use that women use that oftentimes cathartically heals them without them even having to seek professional help. But for those women that do not heal cathartically or clinically, they become extremely cunning, extremely manipulative, extremely narcissistic. They become liars. They know how to manipulate the system. They know how to get tears out. They know how to hurt because they're hurt and they do it in ways that cannot be measured within the same metric of a boy who acts out violently. Violence is the ultimate tangible evidence that something may be going wrong. But when a woman is able to use tears and things of that nature to, 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 and then find a way to rearrange uh, uh, or imagine the conversation so to be the victim in a particular situation. As a clinician, it becomes very, very difficult to actually diagnose that person. But a boy who's fighting all the time, a boy who's kicking and biting all the time, a boy who's acting out and screaming all the time, these are easy telltale signs. But what guys do, we repress. Women express. Girls express. Boys repress. And people can say, well, that's just the way they were raised. Boys don't cry, etc., etc." What I'm saying is the conversation as to how these boys are going to be raised and how these girls are raised and how these boys and girls are interacting with each other early on in life are early indicators of how these boys and girls are going to be when they're older. The parents out there, if you're a single mom, if you're a single dad, you're on one side and your kid is on the other side, you have to make more strides. Remember all the things we've spoken about in the last couple of episodes, how to wean your kids off of this technology because you're not, you're not prepared, you're not up to speed, and you're not fast enough to keep up with what your children are exposed to. You do not know how deep and how far the rabbit hole goal goes, my friend. Trust me on that. So you parents are going to have to work together, whether you're, work, whether you're in the home together or not. Co-parenting is essential. So guys, if, you're having, if you have a couple of babies by a couple of different girls, stop right now. Stop. Unless you can create a village where all of these women are cooperating with each other and all of you are all on the same page, creating an ideology, a format, a game plan, then stop right now. Stop spreading your seed all over the world. Enough. Enough is enough. If you cannot create a cohesive plan, because now you're the father, but now mama's dating another guy. And now this guy's saying do this and you're the father and is saying do that. And the kid is caught in between because they're going to listen to the man that's in the house, but they feel guilty because they're dead. This is what's going on in America, people. It's not working. This thing that we have going on right now, 
our civilization, this, we may be looking at civilization in decline. If you want to know what civilizations in decline look like, it doesn't always look like bombs bursting in air and rockets red glare. It doesn't look like barbarians at the gate. There are little tiny signs. If you look at every single time civilizations have fallen, it didn't happen in a year. It didn't even happen in a decade. Sometimes it took 100 years. It took 50 years. It took 70 years. But there were cracks. There were cracks within the populace that showed themselves. And then when you put it together and you see the tapestry and you can see, okay, you will understand like, oh, wow. This was one of the telltale signs, but we, 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 treated it as, we treated it as if it was some sort of aberration in a bubble, but yet it was not. So here we are. We're living in a world right now. I'm going to give you guys um, right before the pandemic. So this is 2019. I was still in South Florida. There were some um, uh, tenured professors at my junior college that wanted me to speak. They wanted me to speak to young black males because young black males were dropping out of college at epidemic rates. And um, it was taking young black males and young males, males in general, black, white, Hispanic, doesn't matter. They were graduating. Um, it was taking them at least two years longer to graduate from four-year universities. So it was taking them six years to graduate from four-year schools. And they wanted to hoist me up as a shining, you know, chocolate example of, okay, college, what did I have to go through? You know, you know, and plus I was a little older student. I, I didn't go to school. I didn't finish college right out of high school. So in a way, I was almost a, st a statistic as, as well because I went into business. I did a bunch of other things. I went back to school and I finished a little bit more focused a little later on. OK, but they wanted me to come back and speak because they thought that, you know, I could reach them. And this was before the pandemic, right when the pandemic hit, everything went to. Everything 2020 hit and everything was all over the place. But uh, 2019, that was something we were working on going into 2020, right? And um, I started looking at the stats more. Right when, because there was a psychologist and it was a sociologist professor that, that, that approached me. And um, I started looking at the statistics. And I know what's wrong with America's school system because I'm a product of it. I'm a product of private school. In my adolescence, from first grade to about seventh grade, I was in a parochial school, private school. And then my high school years were all in public school. OK, and I had friends of mine who went to the rival public or the public schools when I was an adolescent going to private school. And then my college was a private university, et cetera, et cetera. And then I started teaching a little bit in public schools. And then I had my cousins who went to private school, my little cousins, little baby cousins, like in their adolescence. So I started teach. So I started to see, and I knew what was wrong growing up. And I knew how I was taught growing up that turned me off to school, even though I was a learner, I was a curious cat. And so I did the research and I saw stats that were astonishing to me. When I started to see the dropout rates in college kids, 60% of women are going to be college graduates. And most women want to marry a college graduate and above. Women marry up. Men marry down. Men marry for different reasons than women marry. Boys will be boys. Girls will be girls. When a woman looks at a man for marriage, she looks at a, a protector, a provider. So 
when you see the, a woman going after the athletic, the top 20% of males are the ones who have access to 80% of the females. That, so the best females are going to go after 20% of the males. So those males know that they have access to all of these women. And if it's, if it's in high school or if it's in, adult, in high school and college, it's probably the guys that are on the teams, the athletic guys, the guys that are able to do things that uh, many, many other guys can't do. So it's football team, basketball team, baseball team, soccer team, things like that, the wrestling team, et cetera, et cetera. So those guys that are on those teams, they're the ones who has access first and foremost. The rest of you guys that are in the sciences and the maths and the things like that and haven't shown a propensity for certain things that are ta tangible, measurables at that point, you, you come second and third. But when you get to college and when you get when a woman gets to college and after college, she's you know, if she's smart enough, she's like, wait, I need somebody who's going to protect and provide. And she's looking for guys that are successful, guys that have their own home, their own cars, their own this. They're, they're looking like they're 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 on the right track. That's why when I was hanging out in Miami and hanging out in Palm Beach, you'll have a surgeon who has uh, a Ferrari and a yacht. But yet all the cute girls on the boat are waitresses and bartenders. Because a man is looking for something youthful and fertile. And a woman is looking for protection and provisions and security. His success is an indication that he's secure and he can protect and provide. That is encoded. That is evolutionary biology 101. So when a woman says, I want somebody tall, dark, and handsome. Why? Tall, strong represents security. That's what it represents. The muscles, the this, the athleticism. And then a man who's successful financially, yeah, he can buy her things, but really is encoded in the DNA is this man can protect and provide. But a man, on, on the other hand, is thinking procreation. She's thinking procreation too. This man can protect and provide for me and my family, and he can now, and for my, and our children and our offspring, and, and can teach best practices to the offspring. Our offspring are gonna have a higher likelihood of survival and thriving. Okay, a man, on the other hand, is looking for fertility. So boys, many, 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 many boys deal with a lot more rejection from girls than girls deal with rejection from boys. This goes on early on. Early on, it's reframing how boys see things. When you couple that with the Internet, when they're seeing everybody in a flat, everybody has a private jet, everybody has phantoms and Porsches, everybody has the latest motorbike, the latest $600 sneakers, their fit is crazy, everybody's lit, and you're sitting there going, I can't compete. I cannot compete. Many of these mass shooters feel that they cannot compete. Many of these mass shooters in the 21st century are coming from homes where there's no father showing them why they're tangible. Why it's okay to be a boy. Why it's okay to be a man. Or, or what do you do well? We're going to focus on that and everything else will come afterwards. There was this conversation that I was listening to online where um, someone was speaking about this woman who was trying to get her son to stop shooting things. He had a propensity to aim and shoot. He loved like toy pistols or things. He's a little kid. He wanted to shoot 
you know, just shooting things. He's just and he's laughing and he's having fun. And she said, well, there are no guns in my house and I don't want my kid to get attracted to guns and this, that and the third. There's nothing wrong with guns in the in the in the hands and in the in the mind, in the hands of a sane, sober, moral, prudent individual. I was going to gun ranges several times a week and I saw a bunch of kids, girls and boys, six, seven, eight, nine years old. They're shooting and shooting great. If your child finds something at an early age, which I find the holy grail because you have adults going their whole lives not knowing what they're really good at and not knowing what they really enjoy. Now, if someone if someone picks up a little toy pistol or a gun and is really taking notice and is taking the time and effort to try to be good at it at an early age, maybe you should get that kid involved in a gun club and 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 and, and competitive shooting in their age group. You ever thought about that? And now they can find community and they can find men and they can find people around, create a village for this child. Now this boy has found something fulfilling at an early age. Now it may be outside of your political ideology, et cetera, et cetera, but you're not thinking about the child when you decide that you're trying to beat it out of them that to not shoot these guns, or shot these, shoot these toy pistols and things like that. Instead of saying, you know what? I found something my kid likes. He likes guns. I don't like guns, but I need to find like a, a gun clubs for kids where they can learn archery and they can learn aiming because it seems that he's into shooting. And that's a skill. You understand? It's a skill that at, at the very he can make a livelihood being a competitive shooter, getting sponsors and things like that. But at the very least, he found a hobby that's actually redeemable, knowing how to aim and shoot. And, and have it as a hobby and you're shooting paper or plinking little plastic and steel. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. It sounds funny. There's a lot more dangerous activities you can get into than going to the range and shooting under controlled in environments. You understand what I'm saying? Um, if your kid is involved in drag racing, I would find that to be more dangerous than them saying, hey, we're going to the range, Ma. We're going to go shoot. All right. Be careful. And that's it. But if they say we're going to go drag race on some closed off street, I think that's a little bit more dangerous. So it's funny. It's funny as as parents out there, we're going to have to have conversations about boys, boys. Forty percent of men are graduating. That means 60 percent of these women out there that are graduating from college are going to have a very difficult time finding a single heterosexual college-educated male to procreate with. If one gender is winning way more than another, both genders kind of lose. You get what I'm saying? This isn't supposed to be a competition. The job is to create a dynastic generational success rate where the next generation is doing better than you. And when I say better, I don't just mean financially. I'm talking about by all metrics, using the happiness index, the spirit index, the psych index, as well as the financial. But with all the metrics pointing upward that they are doing better in all metrics. And from what we're looking at right now, ladies and gentlemen, that is not the case. Boys and girls don't know how to talk to each other right now. The rejection matrix falls heavily on boys because as boys, we're told to be persistent. 
we're told as boys, you got to be ambitious. You got to be aggressive. You got to go get what's yours. You got to take what's going on in the world because the world isn't going to give you anything. That's what we're told. So when we go try to get the girl we want, we're like, I want her. And you're getting all these different kind of feelings. Your stomach's hurting. You're feeling a little lightheaded. Other, your nether regions are giving you certain reactions. And you're going, man. And then you go, hey, hi, what's your name? And she goes, ill. You're ugly. For a boy, it's earth shattering for some boys. It changes everything. And if they hear that enough, and they see everyone. They see women are the ones who control many of these social cues. They're the ones going after this kind of guy and that kind of guy. So other guys go, well, I got to get this to get the girl. I got to do this to get the girl. You go to a bar, it's first 500 women in free. Girls free before midnight. Why? Because that's going to attract the men with the money to buy out the bar and the liquor and everything else. Girls just showing up keep the lights on and their their selection and who they select and why is what makes this whole thing go around. So the idea that men control the chessboard is not quite accurate because 20 percent of the men get 80 percent of the women. But that's the top 20 percent. Those men had to do a lot, either be physically gifted athletes, etc. when they're young and when they're older, work their way up to a certain financial status to be able to get the girl. So some little Danny DeVito looking cat can be walking around with a supermodel. Little midget mini me Vern Troyer from from Austin Powers had super had, had model girlfriends, women who wouldn't even look at me twice. were hanging out with Vern Troyer status, the money the financial security, et cetera, et cetera. These things are all playing a part. So I'm going to say it again. You can't do it alone, people. Who's going to show your child how to be a warrior in a garden? Because you know what school is? School is the first lesson in rejection in life. That's what school is. You're not going to get every job you apply for. You're not going to get every every phone number. Every girl you like is not going to like you. Everybody you any everybody you want to befriend is not going to want to befriend you. If you decide to become a musician, a musical artist, a commercial artist, not everybody's going to buy your record. If you're a comedian, not everybody's going to laugh at your joke. If you're a salesman, not everybody's going to buy what you're selling. That's the world. These boys are having an extremely difficult time coping with what the world is. School, I don't want school to have less bullying. Nah, nah. That's the world. That's how we as mammals get down. You understand? It's the reason why you have several nuclear countries right now. It's the reason why you have everybody, many, many people on the progressive left and other places are shaking in their boots wondering is, is what's going on in Ukraine, U.S., Russia dynamic going to go nuclear? Want to know why? Because as human beings, the things that's going on on a macro scale are going on on a micro scale. What's going on in the U.N. is going on in the cafeterias. Right now in the United in the, in the in the adolescent middle school and high school cafeterias, it's the same game. Those same people came from school cafeterias where they learned acceptance, rejection, 
social validation, conformity, uniformity, isolation. All the things that happened in your adulthood happened in your childhood first. Happened in your childhood first. So these childhoods, these, 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 these kids right now, these boys, will they be boys? And these boys, will they be men? When they're being told that, you know, maybe they're not a boy. Maybe you're he, her, thee, they, them. Maybe you're another thing. Maybe you're something totally different. Maybe you came from a parallel membrane universe. You look like a boy, act like a boy, have all the requisite biological indicators that you're a boy, but maybe you're not. Maybe you're not. But this is what happens, ladies and gentlemen, when you're straying away from the traditions of the nuclear family. I'm, I don't, I'm not here to disparage any alternative lifestyles. I'm just saying that the data is not supporting. The data is not supporting. I told you the stats from before from the Department of Juvenile Justice that they said one of the clear and main indicators of a child becoming a delinquent is a single parent household. I'm just saying. I'm just saying we are failing our boys. We are failing our boys. That needs to be said again. Maybe I won't title this thing boys will be boys. Maybe I'll title it we are failing our boys. And there's, there's so much data now. It's so de data rich if you guys want to look it up. When you see these, why are boys dropping out of college? Anybody want to tackle that? Why are boys dropping out of high school? Why are there 60% women in, in, in college and only 40% of men? What? What's going on? Where are these boys at? What are they doing? Where are they? Very difficult to get a job these days without a college degree. Very difficult. As we become more on, jobs just want you to have a college degree for almost any old thing now. They don't train you anymore hardly on a job. Used to be you could get a GED or something, get your high school diploma, and a job would train this person. This person's like, I just want to work. I don't want to go to school. I want to train. If it's three months, six months training, I'm down. Let's go get me in. Those days are gone. So people are now jobs that don't even require college-level education are requiring you to have a college-level education. I remember when I was uh, teaching and I was teaching this college readiness program, the high school students that weren't doing too great on their state tests. And I fell, uh, I ran afoul of the coordinators of the program, not of the teachers at the schools, by the way, administrators at the school, staff at the school and the teachers at the school absolutely loved me because they said out of their own mouths after class that there were students in the back of the class that they hadn't seen that kid's face for months until I showed up. And now that kid's looking up at me and listening. Okay? I, I was the kid at the back of the class. I was the kid that was disinterested. I was the kid because I knew I was being hustled. I just didn't know what the hustle was. So there were so many kids in there that were being told college is the answer, college is the answer. And I was sitting there going, how many people here like to cook? There's a lot of money in cooking. And hey, and hey, you can save a lot of money by cooking for yourself. And they're looking at me. I go, how many people here like want to be an auto mechanic? We're teaching all of this coding and STEM and STEM and STEM, but auto mechanics is STEM. You're using science and technology and math to be a mechanic. And I was saying that. I was saying that in 2009. 
I was saying, hey, yeah, you know, you know, STEM, you know, all this talk about STEM, you don't need to go to college. I mean, you go to mechanic school, you're learning all that science, technology and math right there. And everybody's like, no, we're teaching college. The college is a hustle. College isn't for everybody. You're trying to retrofit college for everybody. And we need technicians. We need auto mechanics. We need people to work on rigs. We need people to work in construction. We need contractors. We need things to get built correctly. We have roads and bridges that are decaying. We need people who know. We need civil engineers. We don't need people that's just going through the college system, spending an exorbitant amount of money hoping to get work. Let's get people in vocations. If someone loves to cook, get them in, sh in cooking school. Someone wants to fix stuff, get them in mechanic school. Quickly, immediately. That's what they want to do. Let them do that. We're not doing that with our boys. Our boys right now being, are in systems now that they're not understanding. They don't know what it is to be a boy. They're being told that it's toxic to be a man, to be a man. There's a, if you're a white little white kid, you're being told that there's a white male patriarchy. If you're a heterosexual Christian white male in America right now, you are feeling a bit targeted. Whether your targeting is, is real or perceived, if you're a heterosexual Christian white male in the United States of America, I get it to a degree. Because every time you hear diversity of this, that, and the third, you're hearing not you. Anybody but you. You're hearing anybody but you. Your value system is not being valued the way it was to build this country. Whoa. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I said it. Sounds crazy, right? Coming out of a first-generation Haitian immigrant American mouth, right? Who understands all the hypocrisies within our republic. Mm -hmm. Whether it's white male this or supremacy or racism, this, that, and the third. I can sit there and go, if I'm a white heterosexual, I'm sorry, white heterosexual Christian male in the United States of America, I'm feeling a certain kind of way right now. I'm not allowed to sit at the table and talk. <clears throat> and ladies, I'm going to have a conversation with you guys right now. The abortion issue is not a monologue, it's a dialogue. The Me Too movement is not a monologue, it's a dialogue. It takes two to enter into these dynamics. It takes two. A lot of the things that are happening, whether it's in corporate America, whether it's at the work site, whether it's at school, whether it's in Hollywood, it started earlier than that. Habits that were ingrained in boys and girls early on. We have childhoods that are extended way too long. Kids and boys are playing video games well into their 20s. They should give it up, bruh. Start playing chess. <clears throat> Knock off the halo and all that other stuff, bruh. Knock it off. Get a chess set. Get a chess set and relax. Go someplace where they have some, you know, organic cigars or gluten-free whiskey or something, whatever you guys are doing nowadays, and go play chess with some, with some grown men. Not take the headset off and the meta goggles off and do some do some grown up stuff. Stop it. Get out of your basketball shorts and your flip flops with the socks on. Knock off the video games after a certain while. Sorry. Guys who've graduated college need to throw their game systems out the window. Period. Yeah, I said it. I said it. Because what's going on now is we have extended adolescence in the first world. We have first, we have single parent households. We have parents that don't know how to police the web. We have, we have, we have 
extended work days so parents aren't, aren't with their children. All of these things are playing a part. Then we have these new trends that come up. Oh, you're not a boy anymore. You're a boy owl. Oh, you're not a boy. You're a them. You're a this. You're a that. Oh, no, why should you wear a dress and you wear jeans? No, we're going to change that around. Yeah, why does Justine have to be a girl name and Justin be a boy name? You know, now now you're just... Wait, 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 wait a second. No one wants to take responsibility for what's going on. We want to grab at the guns and grab at toxic masculinity. But if the women are the ones that are overwhelmingly raising these boys on their own... Shouldn't sometimes, who, who's going to take responsibility, guys? We all have to raise our hands collectively. This conversation is going to be unpopular. It's going to age well, but I predict that I'm going to have to answer for a lot of the things that I've said about single parenthood. I'm going to have to answer for it, and I'm ready. I'm ready for the smoke, because whoever decides that they have a problem with with what I'm saying, please have your data ducks in a row and do not meet me with emotion and malice. Meet me with the uh, meet me with not with the intention of winning an argument, but but getting to the solutions. If you come with that mode, we can have a conversation. But there's going to be a lot of people that don't agree. But. Take it up with the census. Take it up with the Department of Juvenile Justice. Take it up with the Department of Justice. Don't take it up with me. Don't take it up with me. And I'm not blaming women. I'm saying guys out there, if you are, do whatever it is in your, because whatever you can do to be, to be a part of that, that boy's life and that girl's life, because that girl, she's making bad decisions as to men. She's making bad decisions right now. She's being told that there's no such thing as toxic femininity. She's being told that a woman is always right. She's not being told how to be held accountable. So now she's running amok and the value system. There's no value system in place. No one knows their roles anymore. Roles are being redefined, but no one knows how to define them. Everything is in flux. And this is what you're seeing. So when you have abandoned and departed from the very traditions that got you to this point, look at what's happening. The very few traditions occur. I'm not even, I don't even want to call the nuclear family. The nuclear family is not some sort of Western construct because that's what the original BLM, Black Lives Matter website mission statement would have you believe. We are here to dismantle the Western nuclear patriarchy. Really? Really, Western nuclear patriarchy, as if the nuclear family is some sort of American or white or Anglo construct. I mean, that's biological. Knock it off. Knock it off. That was their original mission statement. Look it up. Don't take my word for it. They took it down. They took it down as of last year or whatever. But yeah, look it up. You can still probably find cached, the cached, uh, uh, you know, um, recordings or whatever, cached remnants of it online. But this is what's going on. I blame all of us deserve the blame and i look at the data why are only 40 percent of males graduating from college they're enrolling and not finishing what's going on we're losing our american men what's going on and who are these women supposed to choose from who are these heterosexual women who want to get married who want to actually have children who want to do all of these things where are they gonna where, where are they gonna find their guy most women want a college educated man 
but they want that protector provider man they want that man they want the couple they want to they want to they want to manifest the just biological imperatives for god's sakes that's all we're doing here is manifesting biological imperatives. Let's not, because we're human beings, we get to add so much ideas and things to things. And sometimes, sometimes we got to keep it a little simple. These are all biological imperatives. Let's stop playing. Knock it off. We're supposed to be together. We are social creatures. And we have to find ways to get along. And this isn't working. This demonizing all these boys, demonizing their aggression instead of finding a way to channel it. There's a reason why that they're born with more testosterone than girls. Testosterone is a superpower. Testosterone is a turbo booster. And you, so if, you're, if your kid it has a propensity for physical activity, oh, he's always wrestling some little kid. Put him in wrestling. He always wants to fight. Put him in boxing and martial arts. Um, someone who is confident in how to defend themselves will rarely be the aggressor. If you teach a kid early on, to defend themselves, they will rarely start a fight. They will know how to finish it, and they will also know how to walk away. But rarely will they start one. You teach a kid how to shoot early on, you teach them. The gun is not a mystery. We're going to the range. You have a father that's in the house, a father figure at least. If it's not the biological father, the woman did her due diligence and found a replacement. Maybe the original, the biological father was inadequate. She made a wrong decision because, like I said, Women in normal situations are the ones who control access to their intimacy. We're not talking about rape. We're not talking about aggravated assault. We're speaking about in normative terms, a woman chooses who's in the friend zone and who gets to the end zone. A woman makes that decision. You are going to be the homie. You get to go home with me. Okay. A woman chooses that. So if you chose wrong, lady, okay, now it's your time. Now it's an opportunity for you to reflect, go look back at your notes what have we learned and figure out what to get out of the next man? What does the next man have to bring to the table that the last man did not? And be like, I need a father for this child. Listen, whether it's a boy or a girl, but we're talking about boys right now. I need a father for this boy. And it can't just be the coach of the team. It can't just be um, the pastor at the church. All of these people have their own families. I have to do what I have to do to make sure there's a man in this house that I'm putting a plate of chicken and rice in front of. And my son is watching this, watching what a man, a consistent man is. And they have their father son time, mentor protege time together where I'm not even in earshot or eyesight of them, too, when they get to talk about things. This isn't happening. So when now all of a sudden, so the kid gets a certain level of confidence from that. I'm sorry, ladies, you can't instill that confidence in a boy. I'm speaking as a boy. I'm speaking as a boy who vied for his dad's attention. My dad was there. My mom and dad were married for a couple of decades until their divorce. He was in the house. He talked at me, didn't talk to me much. And it was certain times, pivotal times in my formative years where I needed that father-son moment. I needed just one of the older dudes in my family, at least, to pull me to the side, pull my coat and go, listen, June, this is what it is. This is my mom, as 
brilliant as she is, as conscientious as she is, as just overall awesome as she was and is, there were certain times she couldn't get to me. When I was reaching those formative years, that 12 to 16, 17, 18, there were t everything she was saying, I, d I wasn't trying to hear it. But I guarantee you, if a guy said it, I would have been like, oh, a guy I respected, my dad, I'd be like, hey, listen, come here, let's go for a drive. And I would have just sat there with my hands on my lap folded and just listened. And I'm sorry, ladies, I don't care how many video games, how many how many um, Kobe Bryant vintage sneakers, how many LeBrons you buy them, how many video game sets, how many jeans, how many $300 jeans for birthdays and Christmases you buy. You're not going to be able to replace that. I'm going to take this thing back to the village. I've I've had several episodes previous to this one outlining all the things that are going wrong in your child's life. And there's way more. But between your technology, between your long hours, between single parenthood, between these disruptive relationships, your picking matrix, who who women have chosen to be their intimate procreative mates, the, the, the decision making metric and measurement system is out of whack. And, that, and all the information you're getting as to what to look for. Oh, you should do this woman. You should do that. Young girls be like this. Young guys be like that. <clears throat> mm -mm. I'm going to contend something. I'm going to say that the conversation that boys and girls are having, we need to address the rejection matrix. We need to address how that affects young boys because we don't know. We don't know. I'm sorry. We know, but it's not as popularized. Women have been marginalized in our society to the degree where there's an overcorrection now where now girls are 60% of them, this and college and this. And so from all financial standpoints, we're looking, oh, women are in college. That's awesome. Yeah, but women are going to take on the most debt when they leave college. Uh-oh. Debt that they will not even be able to pay back in their lifetime because they're not going for, you know, engineering and civil engineering and surgery jo and jobs that are high, high paying. They're going, to, they're going to NYU for social work. Why'd you do that? Why'd you go to NYU and Columbia University for a master's in social work? Should have went to your state college because now you owe $180,000 on a $50,000 a year job. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Why'd you, why'd, you, why'd you go to Columbia for, for elementary school teaching just because you got into Columbia? Wait, did you get a scholarship? No. You see that little monologue I just had? Just now that little thing? That's a conversation I've had with actual girls I know. Where I'm like, why'd you? And I said, I said, why'd you go to NYU for social work? NYU is expensive. Did you get a scholarship? No, I just really, you know, I got accepted and I was so happy. And, I, you know, I get to go to NYU. I'm like, uh-huh. New York University. Hmm. You're going to owe about $150,000 on a job that has some of the worst burnout of any job in this country. And it's only going to pay you about fifty to $60,000 per. The, 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 the uh, 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 potential for you to make $100,000 is slim to make six figures, to put you in a nice position to pay that off. People going to, going to Ivy League schools just to become elementary school teachers. No, no, shouldn't do that. So with all these college graduate women throwing their caps into the air, ripping off their college graduation gowns, going, look at me, I am woman, hear me roar, your man is lagging behind. What you going to do about that? <clears throat> 
What you going to do about that? When it's like, I can't find a good man that's on my level. Why not? What happened? I don't, where are all the good men and the straight guys already have a woman and the other guys, the other straight guys, they don't have their act together yet. They're not on my level. Your level. Okay. Level. Highly indebted with a regular paying job. No doubt. Okay. But because, okay, no problem. Okay. On your level. That's what's going on. And so I'm going to have a baby by myself and I'm going to do what I want to do. And I'm going to tell the kid what I want to tell the kid. And I'm going to say what I'm going to say. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Trends, not traditions. So you're not passing down anything. Just I'm going to do this. I'm not going to just yap, yap, yap. And guess what? Now, now, and the guys are just out there. And then the guys who do have access to the women, it's very, very difficult to settle down now. If you have access to all of this disposable intimacy, if you've reached a certain level, even early on as a middle schooler or a high schooler, and now you have access to all of these girls and it's coming to you easy. How do you know how to value something that is in its ubiquitous phase as far as you're concerned? It's so readily available to you. How do you add value to it? So these men are staying in their adolescent phase longer. They're staying in their dating phase longer. They're having babies out of wedlock. They're having multiple women. And, and women know that they're having babies and going, I'll, I'll be his, his baby mama too. And then the other guys who don't get access to those girls are looking around going, what about me? You forgot about me. I'm home. Like I said, in the 21st century, it's shown that the majority of the mass shooters have not been raised and spent a significant amount of time in their adolescence without a male figure in the house. And according to these statistics that I read to you earlier, where it shows that out of 130 countries and territories, the United States has the world's highest rate of children living in a single parent home. And almost a quarter of U.S. children under the age of 18 live with one parent and no other adults. I'm saying that your village is inadequate. People, men, ladies, gentlemen. The village around these children is inadequate. There is not enough of a support system to raise these babies in the 21st century with all that they have to deal with. That's how I will conclude my rant. There's not enough people around this baby, these boys, not enough of the right people. Women aren't being held accountable. Men aren't being held accountable. The boy is sitting there going, what's patriarchy? Now just having testosterone, testosterone. Now I guarantee you there's going to be some sort of politician. I'm sorry, some sort of academic somewhere that's going to say, you know what? Maybe we should have some certain testosterone limiting medication for these boys when they're going into their pubescent stages. Let's find a pill. Remember, I said it. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if I went online and there's that's not already happening because there's certain things that I've said while 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 doing this show. And then all of a sudden I'll look at my notifications and I'll have certain, you know, updates that had to do with what I was just speaking about. A little spooky, but hey, I digress. So I wouldn't be surprised if I wouldn't have some me tour saying, hey, listen. Um, and, I, and I'm not looking to, der to deride or, or, or to degrade or diminish anyone from the Me Too movement. What I'm saying is Me Too is a dialogue. You have allies that are men. Me 
being one of them and men who are well-meaning and want women to feel secure at all times around me or anything. When you don't allow us in the conversation and you turn it into an echo chamber monologue, the conversation doesn't grow. When you say things like my body, my choice, no one else has to, no one. Okay. Okay. Then you get Supreme court rulings. Uh Oh, then you see the empire striking back. My brother predicted that years ago. He said, you know what? This Me Too movement is going to have some real serious repercussions once once um, um, Roe v. Wade comes up. He said that years ago. And I said, wow. When he said it, it made sense. But it also was jarring because I didn't see that. I didn't, my mind didn't go there. And when he went there, he was like, oh, yeah, you're going to see that. And he said these exact same words. He said, oh, the empire is going to strike back. Don't get it twisted. It always does. And I said, huh, yeah, it is very interesting. And we had a long conversation. And, and then we literally mapped out back in the beginning in the advent of the Me Too movement. We mapped out how it would happen, how we would see certain red states. And we knew that the abortion issue and the gun issue were going to be hand in hand in certain, certain states. The states that did not want gun control and wanted the, the most liberal gun laws as far as, you know, being access to guns. They were going to have the most stringent uh, 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 abortion laws. And that's pretty much what happened. But I wouldn't be surprised instead of dealing with the issue of what's going on with our young boys. How are they dealing with rejection? How are they dealing with depression? How are they dealing with single parent households? These boys really need men. They don't need people always, you know, um, 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 kissing their, their boo-boo if they fall. They need a man to say, hey, listen, this is how the world's going to treat you. And I'm going to show you how to deal with that because that's how they treated me. And this is how I dealt with it. He needs that. So dad, and then he gets to ask those questions and the dad gets to see those traits in that boy. I'll give you an example. Um, I had this little cousin, right? Um, the little cousin I remember I was playing with, he was about two, maybe three years old. And I was playing with my little cousin. He's my second cousin, son of my first cousin. And um, he has an aunt, obviously, my first cousin's sister, who's my first cousin as well. She was there and she's playing. And she's like, hey, you know, you know, he's being all loving. He's sitting on her lap. She's doting. You know, she's, you know, tickling him and she's doing all that. And then I get on the ground and I go, you come here. He literally growls at me. And he's a very gentle kid. I said, come here. And he growled at me. He went on all fours and I start wrestling with my little three-year-old cousin. And I'm just, you know, biting him on his stomach and he's laughing and he's trying to bite me and playing around and all of that stuff. And my cousin, my female cousin said, boys are so weird. Like, what are you guys doing? That's encoded in our DNA. That's what we do. That's our ritual. As boys, you had your ritual. You're the nurturer and you're rubbing him and he feels comfortable like he's in a mommy matrix. And then he's with the guys and he understands, oh, I got to also have that other side. That's a perfect example of what's missing right now in the family dynamic. He has that one side where he's like, okay, this is the nurturing side, my, the, the gentle side. I got my auntie here. She's holding me. I'm on her lap. She kisses me, this, then, the third. And then I got my cousin, Cousin June. He says, come here. And he put on another hat immediately. 
And my cousin was jarred by it. She was like, oh, my God. She was like, what are you guys doing? She was like, don't hurt him. I said, he's not hurt. He kid jumped on my back, tried to do some craziness, tried to put me in a headlock with his little tiny three-year-old skinny arms. I flipped him around. I bit him on his stomach all in the play. I made sure I didn't hurt him. I made sure I was the same way she was nurturing him and protecting him. I was doing the same thing in my way, making sure that all the things I did were well within the confines of play, roughhousing, but not to the point where I was going to hurt him or bully him. But I needed him to know how strong I was. And I needed him to give me all of his strength. Because the steel is going to sharpen steel. So I needed him to, I said, come on. And he was getting tired. And I was getting tired because he's three years old. And I'm like, dude, I can't keep up with him. And he, I'm like, come on. And he's like, yeah. We did that for about 20 minutes. When he had to go to sleep and his mom called for him, he was in tears. Like, I just want to play with Cousin June. She's like, you're, pl-. but then he ended up sleeping for God knows how many hours because of all the rough housing we did. And I pushed, I made sure I was getting him to be strong. And all the time I was giving him little instructions. I was like, man, if somebody does that to you, you get out of it like that. And he was learning on the fly. So the next time I tried to do a certain thing to him, he got out of it. That's the teaching of a man to a boy. And I'm just speaking most basic. I'm speaking in in the most animalistic and pedestrian and rudimentary terms. But there are certain things that men teach boys that a woman can't teach her boy. I'm sorry for you for you to have a well-rounded male that's not going to have higher. I mean, lower scores on IQ tests and have a higher propensity for dropout for dropping out of high school or college and have a higher propensity of having kids out of wedlock or just just being a perpetual serial dater well into their 40s and 50s and you're like when are you gonna give me some grandbabies or when am i gonna go to your wedding but you didn't give them a wedding i mean there are no wedding pictures in your house a woman who doesn't have a wedding picture in her house with her husband can't ask her kid to have a wedding photo a kid is going to model the behavior of their first teacher their first teacher, first love, first cook, first counselor. So you can't say, when am I going to get some of this? Or when am I going to have a, a wedding? I just want a, mother, a daughter-in-law so I can dote over her. But you didn't give them a pops. You, didn't, you, you picked the wrong person to procreate with, and you didn't replace it with a better version. You didn't do that. So these disruptive families that these boys are coming from, we see what's going on in the inner city. We see what's going on in prisons. Sometimes there's two, three generations of males in prison. means those women picked the wrong guy. And those guys weren't worth the damn. They were not supposed to be the people that you procreate with, obviously. Wrong choice. Wrong decision-making metric. And then the other guys um, are, are just around if they're serial dating or serial having babies and disruptive families. And guess what? Most of the boys behind bars don't have a relationship with their father. They have a disruptive relationship with their father or didn't have a father in the household to begin with. The majority of the boys in the gangs and the majority of the mass shooters. I know we're going through this some sort of uh, new paradigm in the United States, but it might be the wrong paradigm. We might need to get out of this phase really quickly and get back to certain traditional values with more information. And And what I'm saying is, We might need to really emphasize the traditional nuclear family more. We might need to emphasize traditional gender roles more. We might need to uh, uh, um, um, emphasize 
vocations over just getting education, ed- educated, just getting a degree. But having a, we might want to emphasize skill sets, vocations first so these boys can feel and uh, um, emphasize uh, hobbies, real hobbies that have real skills attached to them. Even if they may be a little violent, maybe boxing, martial arts, archery, shooting, wrestling, things like that. Or maybe they want to be involved in chess and maybe fixing. And But regardless of what, we're going to have to have different conversations. And now we're going to have to really disseminate the, the, all the data and the papers that have to do with boys and their depression, boys and their suicides, boys and how they interpret and react to certain stimuli. We're going to have to have that conversation because America is failing its boys. So if we're not having that conversation, we're going to have other conversations about banning guns. And I told you, there's going to be some funky, flunky academic that's going to say, let's lower the testosterone level in the boys, maybe. Let's do that. Oh, really? That You think that's the thing? Oh, okay. You have young boys out there that don't know where they supposed to be. They don't know. They All the examples of boys that are in music industry, this, then, the third, were not raised with their papas as well or they wouldn't be doing certain things a lot of the women that are moving as promiscuous as they are on camera they wouldn't do that if they had a strict father sometimes they're rebelling they go through a rebellious phase where it's like i'm going to rebel against the strictness of my household but then most times they snap out of that and they understand the value of it a lot of these girls don't know their daddies a lot of these girls don't know their daddies and most of these guys don't know their daddies they don't know We got into this world because of two people. We got into this world and we entered in this world with two people. And most times, the best likelihood for us to be positive, sober, contributory adults is those two people raising us. But we don't have an emphasis on how to choose. We don't know what to choose and how to choose. Everybody's choosing with their loins. Oh, this person I'm attracted to and things of that nature. I think we might have been better off when parents were choosing mates for these kids. Might have been better off. Because left to our own devices, look where we are. Just saying. No traditions, trends. Do this, do that. Change pronouns. Do this, do Where are we? We all are going to have to take inventory and see what part we played in a society that has boys failing at this astronomical rate. Who are you going to blame? Hip-hop music? You're going to blame video games? You're going to blame this? You're going to blame that? And no one's going to blame their parenting? No one's going to blame the messaging? No one's going to blame our politicians? No one's, every single last person is to blame. No one's going to blame the neighbor that sees a kid doing something. But then you're like, you know what? I don't want to get involved because you're not in the village. You're just neighbors. I mean, a neighbor, you just live alongside each other or in the same, you know, proximity. But is that a neighborhood in a traditional sense? Not. It's not a village. It's a neighborhood. It's not a village. It's not a community where there's certain standards and norms, communal living, living on a commune. It's not a community. 
You may live in the same apartment community, but it's not a community. You guys just live next to each other or, or, or below or beneath each other. Because there's no value system and standards and norms where a kid walks down the street and knows that this is what the standard and protocols and norms are. Or I will be shamed by my village. They will correct me. There is no corrective mechanism in place outside of the law and punitive actions taken by our school system. That's where we are. So now you want to have red flags on guns and mental health, red flag, all these things because the village is failing the babies. Because there's no village. So you want a cop all over the school to arrest your baby. Your, your child fights with another kid. And as soon as that cop grabs the kid's hand and the kid pulls away like get off of me, that's called resisting arrest. If you don't believe me, go check out the statistics of how many young little boys are now being have little records and have had to go to court just because they were having some little skirmish in some cafeteria in some classroom. And because now we we have schools that are armed to the teeth with law enforcement. You know, a cop only knows how to be a cop. I don't think he's supposed to be in a school. He's not an educator. Get a security guard. Get a couple of security guards. You don't need you don't you, you don't need that. You don't need it. Oh, my God, there's a fight. So what? So what? It's two kids fighting. And you can't get male teachers to do that job because a male teacher is probably not going to call the 911 cop or the security guard. A male teacher is going to grab one kid, grab the other kid, pick them both up and put them on the coat hooks. I'm like, you know what? Why don't you guys just chill here for a little while? But you can't get guys to work at those salaries because you have another problem in this country. How you pay how you pay your men. So women getting these 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 high 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 degrees, high priced degrees for these low paying careers are going to need men of high value to subsidize them. Because when you're coming out of school with one hundred sixty thousand dollars worth of debt and a sixty thousand dollar job, getting a new car and a new house is going to be kind of tough without that mate. But you're looking for a mate on your quote unquote degree level and for only 40 percent of guys are actually enrolled and will graduate. So, uh oh. So if you're looking for a heteronormative male to 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 couple with and procreate with an adult with. Uh oh. Uh oh. So women should not take pride in these numbers of, oh, look at us. We're making 60% of the job force. We're, we're winning, girl. Where are all the good men at? No, they're taken. There's not a lot of them left because we have been failing them from when they popped out. The people making the decisions once they popped out have been making the wrong decisions. Whether it's the mate that they chose, the, 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 the generational disruptions, whether they come from a disruptive family themselves and now they're going to create another disruptive family that's going to create another disruptive family and, and, the, and the band plays on, ladies and gentlemen. That's where we are. We're, America's failing its boys. What are we going to do about that? I want to know when that's going to be part of the conversation because if you're going to have that conversation, there are a lot of people that are going to have egg on their face. Many of the people in certain feminist movements that have been pushing certain agendas are going to have to sit back and retool and reframe their entire argument, and they don't want to do that. So we're going to call it guns. We're going to say guns. Yeah, it's, we got to do something about the guns, but we're not going to do anything about what, make, what makes this kid feel like this is okay. What are we going to do about that? Are we going to talk about the guns? No, 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 no. 
before that before that person became of age to get the gun what were we doing to nurture and foster that boy to become a man long before that kid decided to get a gun life that kid felt that life was meaningless long before there was a gun long before there was a gun so what are we doing about that or, or, or is it just easier to wrap it up in that tight little bow you know we're allergic to complexity so we were looking for the simplest common denominator sometimes and no I could probably come up with a metric that looks simple enough, but it's going to include a lot of things. It's going to include a woman and her decision as to who she became intimate with. It's going to it's going to be that man and his inability to be a, a committed, stable role model. It's going to be society. It's going to be the tech industry that knew the harms of the products that they've introduced into the world. It's going to be how we have divvied up the work week and work day for adults that are in families. It's how we've constructed this village. I can put it all out there. It's all out there. I can throw it out there. All those little tiny pieces can put them out there and create a whole little study about how we are all complicit in this. How with now we have 50% of the um, law students, 51% of the law students, 51% of the, the medical students are all women now. So those women are probably not going to find men because 50% of the men that are in medical school, not all of them are heterosexual. Right. They're not looking for a female mate. They're not looking. Some of them are binary or fluid or whatever the case may be, whatever the case. So there's going to be a certain percentage of that 50 percent or so that does graduate from medical school. That's not even looking for a, for a woman. And the ones who can get a woman because they are now doctors such and such. Sometimes they don't know how to pick one. They're walking around. I got a BMW and an MD. I have an MD and a BMW and I'm living in the right zip code. Hello. I can get anyone I want. He doesn't know how to choose. Very difficult. When you have your pick of the litter to know which one to pick. <laughs> right? So this is where we are. And I want and that's what I want the conversation to be. And I think how I'm gonna pull this forward is that and that's why I've been asking for donations. I think that's why I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very out up front and say I'm getting I want donations so I can buy more equipment so I can interview people clinicians people that are, have, may have opposing point of views from my own and I can get them on here and say who's going to take responsibility for this that and the third your thoughts and give them the floor <clears throat> who do you think so it's not just me even though I'm coming with data and things that are not mine I want others to come on this as well because what I just told you, not everything I have to agree with what I just said, but I thought it was important that I throw all of that into the pot for us to feel informed, to improve our perspectives and hopefully inform, educate or enlighten to a certain degree, to improve the dialogue because I'm not hearing that. I'm not hearing that. You know, I, I, I'm not hearing the, oh, have we failed our boys and how? It's easy to just come up with these fancy terms, toxic masculinity. I think in one of my previous episodes, I was like, I'm trying to find a formal definition for that. Can't find it. We're making up things as we go along. Dangerous. Trends, not traditions. These, a lot of the words and the terminology and the things that are going on do not withstand the rigors of intellectual inquiry. They cannot even... Um, 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 withstand the rigors of an intellectual dialogue, let alone inquiry. They can't even get past the, 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 converse, the conversational phase before I get academic with it and go, you know what? What's the data? What's the data you can provide to support 
um, your, 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 your assertion. Where is it? No, just a feeling. Hmm? Sounds good. Makes for great sound bites. You get to get your listener base or reader base to just bite at that apple. But yet, meanwhile, it, it doesn't it, when when you peel back the layers, it doesn't have any layers. Hmm? It fleets. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a snowflake. It's gone, melts, dissolves on impact from any real pushback. Hmm? So that's what we are. I want to know what we're going to do about it. I want to know what we are going to do about it. I think this particular episode that I that I just this one here, I may send this out to some sociologists and some clinicians that I know or that I'm affiliated with because I want answers. I want to know what America is doing, what the American Medical Association is doing, what the what the what the feminist movement is doing, what the what the women can go alone, girl rock movement, what all of the movements and what what is everyone in this country doing to save these boys? Before they get to the point where they feel that their life is meaningless and my life is meaningless too. Before they start looking for scapegoats of the misery that they have. They weren't born miserable. We, this construct, all of us made them miserable. And if we don't fight for them, it's our fault that they remain this way. If we don't highlight it and fight for them, this is what's going to happen. If you're not taking to the streets and saying you need to shorten your work week, not just for your own personal endeavors so you can buy a, a conversion van and go hang out at the Grand Canyon. No, so you can spend more time teaching your babies and imparting, imparting traditions, not trends. You need time to do that because eventually that kid, that kid is going to spend more time away from you than with you. You have a handful of years to impart to that child the rules, tools, and jewels that they need to be sober, moral, prudent, good individuals, contributory individuals in our society and to keep this societal ball rolling. Got a handful of years. A handful, practically. And then after that, they're off to schools, they're off to this, they're off to camps, they're off to teams, they're off to this. Then they're studying abroad and before, they're gone. You can wake up one morning, you don't know your child, your child doesn't know you. Two strangers in a house. Many, many parents can relate to the fact that one day they woke up, they saw their kid. And they will, everybody blames it on puberty or music or their peer group. But you don't blame it on the fact that you don't really know what this kid likes. And when this kid comes to you and says, yeah, I'm into this. And you go, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you didn't know that. I'm going to say something, and I should have said it in one of my previous episodes, um, that a kid values time more than they, than they value gifts. A kid values time. So when a dad or a mom who's provided a home and a safe environment and the, and the fridge was filled with food and the heat was on in the winter and the cool air was on in the summer and they did everything to provide the right zip code and right schools for a kid, you know what a kid will say to you? But you weren't there. You will do all of that and a kid was like, you know, when I was going through this, that and the third, you, you, did, you weren't there. You, you just were you were working all the time happens in relationships between men and women a man can provide a mansion for his wife 
a, a, a G-Wagon just to take the kids back and forth from the supermarket and soccer practice. And all of a sudden, that man ends up at the other side of a divorce table as a defendant going, what? I don't want to get divorced. And he's looking at her like, babe, how did we get here? I provided. I did this. I did that. I put you in the best clothes, best car, best home. You weren't there. Like, what? Time is a premium, people. Time is a premium. It's more valuable than anything. You weren't there. So if you if the women now that are making up the majority of the gold collar profession students, students that are entering into gold collar professions. And from the data that I've been reading, it says that women have majoritatively voted for president of the United States over the last 15, 20, 30 years. That means you guys are in control over what happens next. And I've said it before. First things first, lower the work week. Second thing, second is we have to have other conversations about um, um, what it is to be a boy. Who is teaching these boys? This idea of you can do it alone. You can have the family, the man, the job, the baby, the this, the that, and the third. No, you can't. No, you can't. These mass shooters have proven that. These kids in gangs have proven that. These kids committing homicides all from from the from east to west, from north to south have proven that these kids that are in prison have proven that getting tried as an adult juvenile delinquency on the it's proven that you can't do it alone. People, guys, you can't be on one side and a woman can't be on another side. And you're trying to raise a child. You put a child onto the planet. It's bigger than you now. Now you have to sacrifice your ego, sacrifice your ethos. And get back to traditional value systems and raising the baby with traditional value systems and then creating a village. So, woman, you may have to find a manager not attracted to, but is a good fit as a father figure for your baby. Yes, I said it. He may not be handsome. He may he may be shorter than you and he may be fatter than you and all of that good stuff. So what? That man's a good model. You're like, you know what? My kid really takes to his values and he has the proper value system. But if you have no metric in place, if you have no measurements and rubric in place to say the man has to hit these benchmarks to be my intimate partner, to be my procreation partner, to be my life partner. These are the metrics you have to hit. Here it is. It's like when you're checking boxes on your application and surveys. Did you do this? Did you do that? Did you do this? Uh, what's your household income? What's your this? What are your views on that? What do you think about this? If they're not hitting those benchmarks, they don't get in. They don't get intimate. He just can be a homie, but he can't go home with you. Hmm? But instead... Everything is based on attraction. Hey, I don't feel like we're growing in the right direction. Stop it. Stop it. If you're going to put babies on the planet, you have to have a plan. That's the problem right now. All these babies on the planet and no plan. What's the plan? No plan. We're just going to do this alone. And biologically speaking, it's not working. Societally speaking, it's not working. Psychologically speaking, it's not working. I don't care what any I've been getting pushback on these topics. I have. But I've yet to hear anything that's formidable enough for me to go. Oh, I stand corrected. People are having feelings and they're triggered. And I understand why they, they some people see their mama.
when I say these things or their grandmama when I say these things. You know, because then you have to sit there and look at your, you, you, you know, the virginal idea you have of your moms and your dads and go, you know what? You guys messed up. This is what you guys should have did. And that's OK, because your parents aren't perfect. They did the best with the information that they had. Some of them did. Some of them rebelled against good or very good information. And some of them just they're just doing the best with the information that they were given. And we have to respect that and accept that. But don't get triggered. Don't get mad at me. Mad at the data. You know what I mean? Don't get mad at me because I've been getting a lot of people. Oh, well, June, you know, I don't really. I'm like, okay, that's good. But the data, you know, it's what it is. I'm not going to let the men off the hook, but I've said it before. Women in under normative circumstances control the access to their intimacy. So it's you making a decision as to who you're going to, your body, your choice, remember? That's, that's the dialogue. It's a monologue, not a dialogue. That's what's been told to us as men. So you get to choose. So when you see me and you point at me and, I'm, and I shake your hand and I smile at you and you give me your phone number, you come up to a point where you say, yeah, June's going to be a friend or more than a friend. Okay? He's going to be the homie and he's coming home with me. You make that decision. You make that decision. I don't. I can be like, hey, what you doing tonight? Hey, I thought I'd come by. And all of a sudden you get out the car and you just kiss me on the cheek. Bye. Like, damn. Not quite the nightcap I was looking for, but I guess that's all I'm going to get. And women know. So if you chose someone and that someone decided didn't turn out to be the someone that you thought, you're using the wrong measurements and the metrics because you should have known. I, I know it sounds bad, but then sometimes we make mistakes and then that person put on a very good mask. So then then with what you've learned, you do your due diligence to find someone. If you decide to bring a child into this world, it's no longer about you now. And I can't stand the fact that I live in a first world matrix that doesn't understand that. See, what you guys have to understand is I understand several different ideologies and ethos because my family come from the Caribbean. They come from a rural part of the Caribbean. And I visited several Caribbean nations and several Southeast Asian nations where people were living in rural realities. And if the first husband, you know, was a wife beater and he was he was an abuser and he was an alcoholic, that woman got rid of him. But she put another man that was a protector provider to be a to be, to be a role model for that child. Quick. Quick. Very fast. There was none of this do it alone, go it alone nonsense. It's like, oh, no, he was no good. He was beating on me or he was cheating on me and he was doing this, that, and the third. I made a mistake going, well, I got to find me a better man. That, that was the, I got to find a better man for my children's sake. They know. It's funny. It, the more advanced we get, the more we diminish human beings in our matrix. It's like Albert Einstein said, our technology has surpassed our humanity. But people who live in a village, <laughs> understand how significant the roles of the elders are, the man, the woman, the child, everyone in the village. But when everyone's living in this hyper-individualistic society, we diminish each other more and more. This hyper-individualism, this hyper-capitalism, this hyper-consumerism, 
this hyper technology, look where it's gotten us. I can do it alone. You can do it alone. Everyone's adversarial, antagonistic. Look where we are, people. This is what it looks like. When you go to the doctor and they're saying, this is what's wrong, this is what's going on, this is what's going on, and you can be like, I don't know how I got this. Well, you probably do. If it's, it's, if it's not genetic, if it's not your nature, then it's how you were nurtured, right? It was your environment. It's your environmental factors. If it's not genetic, then it's what you were fed as a kid. With what you did after you were a kid. Where we are right now is an amalgamation and a culmination of our decisions, our past decisions. And as a society, where we are right now, where if I see a young Caucasian kid, I got to look at him twice. I see a young black kid, I got to look at him twice and be like, what's going on with y'all? I got to look at that boy in the face and look at them in their eyes and look at how their mannerisms, like, is everything all right? <sighs> That sounds ridiculous, but it's happening. I see the young black kid, kids like 17, 16, 17 years old. I'm looking at him and his boys like, all right, we're doing all right. I see the young white kids walking in the same spot. I'm like, all right, I'm making sure. It's like, oh, shoot, this is what's going on? What's going on with them? You guys all right? You guys good? I'm making eye contact with each and every last one of them to see where we are. What's going on in your village, bruh? Where are we? So people, it's a state of emergency, nothing less. And if we do not look at it as such collectively, we're going to see worse and more imaginable tragedies come down the pipeline shortly. Within a blink of an eye, in the foreseeable future, if we don't start having a broader conversation about the full wide range of occurrences and things in, within our Western 21st century construct that is detrimental to the development of a good, sane, sound, moral, prudent boy to man. That's the conversation. Until we speak again. Bye-bye.